This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. After we've been through a prayer conference like we've just had, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've sowed, the question may be what's next? And today I want to speak to you on something that we've titled, Excuse Me, I'm Speaking. And this was part of it. There are many voices that speak to our children on a day-to-day basis. They have the internet, they have television, they have social pressures that speak to them. But unless there's a voice that says, excuse me, I am speaking, the loudest voices that our children listen to will be the ones they go with. I didn't have a voice that told me what it was to be a man when I was initiated at 18. The loudest voice that spoke to me was that box of protector condoms. A year later, I had a woman living with me because that's what I thought it was to be a man. Our responsibility as believers is to speak God's word into being in any sphere of influence that we find ourselves in. The most dangerous time that any Christian or any believer faces is not the day before the battle. The day before the battle, you're prepared, you know what's coming, you're on high alert. The most dangerous time is the day after battle. The day after you've fasted, the day after you've prayed, the day after a prayer conference or prayer weekend, the day after you've sown seed, because then you celebrate victory. You say, wow, look at what we've accomplished. Look at the giant that we've slayed. Look at the testimony we have. You're not looking forward anymore. You're looking backward at the last victory. You say, man, let's rest. Let's put our guard down. And that's when the enemy comes to strike. It was when David was established and his fame had gone round and they all knew that David was a mighty warrior and the nations around him were fearful that he decided to rest in a time of war. To give himself a break because he had trained many men. And that's the time when Bathsheba came along. It was the day after Elijah slayed 450 prophets and Jezebel rose up and said, hey, hey, I'm coming for you. That he retreated into the mountain away from God's call. It was the day after Jesus was baptized and his father anointed him and said, this is the son. I'm well pleased in that he was led into temptation in the desert. So now is not the time to shrink backwards. Now is not the time to celebrate what's happened before. Now is the time more than ever to steady our gaze as flint to begin to do what God has said. What God has said to us while we're fasting, what God has said to us while we're praying, what God has said to us during the prayer conference, what God has said to us in 2018, Now is the time to do it. In the words of one of my famous brothers, 
The anointing is in the doing. The anointing is not in attending a conference or coming to another conference. The anointing is being able to take that which we've learned and put it into practice as we obey the voice of God. We know that Jesus was anointed to heal the sick because he healed the sick. We know that Jesus was anointed to set the oppressed free because he oppressed, he, he set the, the, the captives free. So we, are no, we know the anointing that you and I operate in by what we do. You know, before I share this scripture, let me just tell you a story. Uh, it was last year sometime, got up in the, in the morning, just had a burden to pray. So I, I spent some time in prayer, and I think it was about an hour. And man, I felt so good after praying. You know how you feel after you've prayed in tongues for an hour? Does anyone witness? Oh, man. I was going to, I, I mean, I remember going to bath. I was patting myself on the back. And I was like, wow. What a, what a good prayer time. What a good prayer time. And just as I entered the bathroom, I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me, so what did you hear? I said, well, you know, well, we prayed, you know. I said, what did you hear? Mm, um, you went to the prayer conference. What did you hear? You fasted and prayed for 21 days. What did you hear? So I was smitten at heart. I felt like I heard... One-way communication is abnormal. And what will be more important when we go into the presence of God is not even though praying in tongues is important. Worshiping God is important. But when we enter his presence, can we hear his voice? Because when I leave and I've heard his voice, I'm equipped for what he's doing. It changed me. That changed me. Because now, my objective is not to go into his presence. Just to worship him. Just to praise him. Just to be intimate with him. My objective, more importantly, is to hear his voice. Is to be so sensitive to hear what he's saying. Moses went through this journey... If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus 3. We're going to read verses 1 to 12. If you're there, say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if you're not there yet, you're going to catch up. It's on the screen. It says, now Moses was tending flock of his father in Lord Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to a far side far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There was an angel of God that appeared to him in the flames of fire within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to, he had gone over to look, God called out to him 
Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then God said to him, indeed, I've seen the misery of the people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and the electrolytes. Now the cry of the Israelites had reached, has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? Turn to your neighbor, say, who am I that I should go? <laughs> to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So we see here that God responds to the cries of the people. God responds to the prayers of the people. Moses had served in Pharaoh's palace. That's where he had grown up. That's where the first 40 years of his life was. He was trained in the way of the Egyptians. And then, you all know the story, he runs away after, you know, he kills an Egyptian. He's afraid of Pharaoh. He's afraid of the Hebrews that he was trying to rescue and deliver at that time, but by his hand, who had turned on him. So he goes out into the wilderness. He goes out into a far country, and he's on the backside of the desert for 40 years. But it is in that place that Moses hears the voice of God. And God comes to speak to Moses about what he is to do, when he is to do it, and how he is to do it. When we've gone through this time of prayer, consecration, can we have our spiritual ears open? Because God does want to speak to us about divine strategies, about what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Moses keeps speaking to God and reminding God, and saying, who am I that you should even send me like this? He wants to speak to God about his past, that he doesn't qualify. Who is he to speak to Pharaoh when he's running away from Pharaoh? Who is he to speak to the Hebrews when the Hebrews rejected him when he was trying to help them? God says, go back to the people groups where your exit fell. I want you to know in this season, there are burning bush experiences for a lot of people. Amen. Your prayers have brought you to the mountain of God. Amen. The prayers of other saints have brought you to the mountain of God. Pastor Tom said in this year, you'll find out the things that you've suffered in the past seven years were actually the best thing that happened to you. Amen. Because the best thing that happened to Moses was that this, this whole thing brought him to a place 
of brokenness. It brought him to a place where he could hear the voice of God. What he perceived to be suffering was actually God separating him from the house of Pharaoh, from idol worship, from worshiping other gods, to be in a place where he could have an encounter with God. God took him and exchanged him from having the warrior, the chariots of the Egyptians to being a man who carried a rod. And when he thought this was bad, when he thought this was to kill him, God says, you're my man. You're the one. And I'm not just taking you away from the pain you've suffered. I'm going to help you confront it. I'm sending you back there. That victory was not just for the children of Israel. That victory was for the redemption and restoration of Moses himself. So Moses says to God, well, you know my CV, here's my CV, you know my past, I don't qualify for this. And God says, I've seen your CV, I'm not interested in your CV. I am with you. My response is, I am with you. First Corinthians 10 Verses 4 to 6 says this. And it's so funny. Think about it. I think it would have been more appropriate for God to call Moses to deliver the children of Israel while Moses was in Pharaoh's house. Because then it would be an inside move. You all know how those are. Those can be very effective. Well, he had access to better weapons. Access to closer friends. He could get other allies behind him with weaponry. But it was in the day that Moses had a rod and not a chariot, not access to swords, not access to the army, that God said, I'm calling you to deliver the children of Israel. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling down strongholds and demolishing arguments and every pretentious thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to be obedient to Christ and we're ready to punish every disobedience once our obedience is complete. God says you are not ready when he has a rod in his hand. God says you have one half of my weaponry. Because you see, in Exodus 4 verse 17, God says, take this rod in your hand, which I will use to do many signs. Moses had asked God this question. He said, okay, God, I hear you. And he said, Lord, what if I go to them and they don't believe me? And God said, what is it that you have in your hand? Moses looked at him. He said, this? He says, yeah. He says, it's a rod. He says, throw it on the ground. Turned into a snake. He says, pick it up by the tail. Turn back into a rod. He says, whoa. Cool. <laughs> now that, 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 that's pretty cool. 
says, take your hand. Sure. Put it in your vest, in your cloak. Takes it out, it's leprous. Says, put it back in there. Takes it out, no leprous. Says, whoa, pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Now it's getting a bit better. And then here's the third thing. If they don't believe you in that, you know, water, the water of the now, you know, will turn into blood. When we do that, they'll surely believe you. He says, mm, okay. That, uh, that gives me some comfort. But, 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 but. But you've forgotten. I don't speak eloquently. And listen to God's response to Moses saying, I don't speak eloquently. God responds to Moses and says to him in verse 11, he says, I made the mouth. Go. I'll be with your mouth and teach you what to say. That is amazing. God says, I'll be with you before. Then he says, I'll be with your mouth and teach you what to say. And the Bible says that Moses said, mm, that's not as cool as the rod turning into the snake. So that's not as cool as my hand losing leprous, you know, or the now turning into blood. Mm, I don't think so. Can't you find someone else that will speak on my behalf? Listen to God's response in Exodus 4, verses 14 to 17. It says, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, it's not Aaron the Levite, your brother. I know that he can speak. And look, he's coming to you to meet you. When he sees you, you'll be glad at heart. Now you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. And I'll put, and I'll be with your mouth. And your mouth will instruct his. And I will teach you what you shall do. So ye shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth to you, and you shall be as God to him. And you shall take the rod in your hand for which you shall do many signs. Wow, what an amazing piece of scripture. God desires foremost to work with our mouth. It's our mouth, then the rod. The thing that he says you'll train us on and teach us on, he says, I will be with your mouth. I will teach your mouth. I will instruct your mouth. I will train your mouth. Moses says, no, it's about eloquence. He says, it's not about eloquence. It's about the gift I gave you in your mouth. I want to put me in your mouth. He says, as God, you shall be to, he says to Aaron, you shall be as God to him. That means God wanted to be as God to Moses. And as God trained Moses what to say, the words in his mouth were as God. Because he says, Aaron will see you as God. That, now I understand what Pastor Tom was teaching us, that the word of God in my mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in his mouth. When I speak in the spiritual atmosphere, what God is saying and what God is instructing, the spiritual forces, let alone the physical forces we see, see it as God instructing. 
If it could happen for Aaron, a man, it can happen for you and I today. Because God was unlocking a principle that when we speak as he speaks, we become as he is. When we declare as he is, as he says, we take on his image and likeness. But speaking the word of God is not as cool as the rod in the hand. You see, we are moved by the flesh. Oh, it turned into a snake. Oh, the anointing oil. He says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not, yes, there are signs. But that's not where I want you to dwell. Because that very mistake is what cost Moses. Because at a certain point in the journey, when Moses was still under training, the children of Israel get to a place and there's no water. And God says to Moses, go and strike the hand. Go and strike the rock with the rod. You see, Moses had gotten accustomed to the rod. God had used the rod for the plagues against the Egyptian army. He would say, Moses, raise your rod. And he would raise his rod. And boom! Lice would break out. Moses, raise your rod over the Nile. Boom! It turns into blood. Whoa, that's cool. Moses, raise your rod. And nuts would break out. Boils would break out. Hail would break out. And Moses could have made the mistake of thinking the power dwelt in the rod. Mazibaba. Mazibaba Moses. Moses strikes the rock. He strikes the rock. Boom! Water gashes out. But God did not say, I'll teach you the rod. He didn't say, I'll train you in the rod. He says, I'll show you how to use it. But the thing he says, I'll train you and instruct him. The thing he said, I am with you, was not the rod. I am with your mouth. I am with your mouth. And I will teach and instruct your mouth what to say. Jesus came and echoed those words. He says, do not worry about what to say. When they come and persecute you, do not worry about what to say. Just worry about going and obeying me. And I'll give you, I'll instruct you, I'll teach you what to say when you get there. Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do. So he carried on with that pattern. This is what Pastor Tom said in the 2018 word. Our mouths manifest the authority of God. God's word in my mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. He says for decades, God has been renewing people's understanding of how important it is to confess his word. By this point, mature believers should be well versed in the power of speaking God's word. It's time to take very purposeful action in this area. I'm strongly encouraging you 
to set aside 10 to 15 minutes daily to praise God and confess his word out loud. Confess his word over your life, over the people you have chosen to build community with, and over the course of your family, your business, your world situations that concern you. As you do this, you'll be exercising governmental authority that God gave you as a child. And you'll see dramatic results. You see, Moses got to that point. By this time, the children of Israel had been seeing the rod and the effects of the rod. So everywhere Moses went, he had the rod with him, the staff with him, the chimbo. And then they come to a situation where they had no water again at Kadesh. God gives Moses a different instruction this time. The Bible says that in Numbers 20, verses 7 to 12, it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron. When he heard, take the rod, how many of you know <laughs> he gets happy? <laughs> take the rod, happy days. Something big's coming up. And then he says, gather the congregation together. But there's a different instruction this time. He says, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water to them out of the rock, and give them, give the congregation water to drink and their animals. So Moses took the rod before the Lord, and he commanded him as the Lord had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said, Hear now, you rebels, because the people were contending with him. Must we bring water out of the rock? <laughs> then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. Boom! Out came the water. And the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, because you did not believe me or hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you should not bring this assembly into the land which I gave them. That mistake cost Moses the promised land. It was at a time when God wanted to demonstrate and begin to instruct and teach the children of Israel that the relationship was not with the rod. The relationship or the power was not in the rod. The power was in the word of God in their mouth. Because whenever Mo, the Bible says this, he says, when I speak to you, Moses, God did not give in to Moses' demand to have someone else speak. He still said, I will speak to you, Moses, and you will speak to Aaron. So now, the lesson had transitioned from Aaron to the congregation, to the children of Israel, where they would begin to see God in confession. 
they would begin to experience salvation in confession. You know, scholars say that's a, that's a picture in the Old Testament of Christ. He was, the first time the rock was struck, that's a picture of him being crucified. The second time you are supposed to speak to the rock because Christ himself is the word. And when we confess the word over our situations, we exercise governmental authority. We exercise God's authority. It would be foolish for us to think the power of any king is in his scepter. The power of the king is in his decree. It's not his scepter that goes round the nation. It is the king's decree from his mouth where life and death is. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it come the issues of life. But our tongue has the power of life and death. The death that may be around us is because we may not be confessing and speaking God's word. Now you say, Pastor, you, how do I even speak God's word? You saw men do that today up here. You saw them declaring God's word. Right from here. And I love, Pastor Tom gave this illustration at the prayer weekend. That the word of God speaks to us. And we are to speak the word of God, to bring it into being. Here's the word of God. I want you to listen very carefully. We're going to have a moment of silence for the word of God. Just a moment of silence. And I want you to turn on your spiritual ears and your natural ears to listen to the word of God. Are you ready? You ready to listen? Okay. Is this the word of God? Are you listening? Did you hear it? You didn't hear it? Okay. Let's try harder. Maybe let's strike it twice with the rod. Maybe <laughs> just needs the rod for us to strike it. The power of God is there. We'll just strike it hard with the rod. One, two. Listen, listen, listen. Did you hear it? Maybe it needs anointing oil. But this word in my mouth, where it says Psalms 23, it says, oh Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul, O oh Lord. You lead me in paths of righteousness Woo, for your name's sake. For though I walk through the valley of death, ah, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff are with me. Amen. This, this only shows our identity with who's are we. 
The scepter of the king by his design and you name it showed that he was a Roman king or whatever king. This shows I belong to God. That's all. But my mouth is the one that decrees. My mouth brings this into being. You prepare a table for me before my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overfloweth. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Did anyone hear that word? Did anyone hear that confession? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's just the way. Start. Get the word as God prompts you. Speak it. Speak it over the situation. Declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it. What you don't know is in the atmosphere. It's creating. Because God responds to his word. God responds to his image and likeness here on earth. He says that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when there's a prototype on earth as it is in heaven, we get a response from heaven. But we're trying to move God with our hand, trying to move situations with our hand that we should be moving with our mouth. Because only then God said, I'll be with your mouth. And as you declare, as you speak from your mouth, he says, they will see God. We've tried to put God in our hands and in powerful tools and things that we do. He says, no, get my word in you. Get my word in you and speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it. So I carry my rod. It is the scepter that identifies whose I am. But my mouth, my mouth is the greatest weapon that God's given me. Psalms 149 verses 6 to 9 says this. It says, for the high praises, let the high praises of God be in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. To do what? To execute judgment on the nations, punishments on the people, to bind up kings and chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. To the honor, this honor have all the saints. This honor have you and I. That as the high praises of God, as God's word is in our mouth, and a two-edged sword which represents his word in our hand, we go about executing judgment. We go about saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm speaking. Well, your son may not amount to any... Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I have covenanted with... I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a generational God. Well, you know, Zimbabwe is just not the place to invest right now. News 24. Well, excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me, he shall provide for my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
Our responsibility is to say, excuse me, oh, excuse me, I'm speaking. Whatever situation you and I face, that's not aligned with godliness. Excuse me, excuse me, I'm speaking. And I speak only what he says. I speak his word. Well, you know, you're rejected. You know, you're going through a divorce. No one really likes you. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Excuse me. Well, you know, the years are pushing on. Doesn't look like you're getting married. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans he has for me. Plans to give me a future and a hope. Plans not to destroy me. Plans to prosper me. Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm speaking. Well, if God really loves you, if God's really there, what is all this about? Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. He will never leave me, nor forsake me. Lord, thank you that you open up my eyes, that I see that those that are with me are more than those that are with them. Excuse me, I'm speaking. What is it that you are facing? That you need to say, excuse me. Whoa, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. I am speaking. And I'm speaking what God's speaking. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.